1: After Darks, Under Bosses Hard Taste, and now a new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you will not regret it. Blackheart out.
2: Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on randmradio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to shiningwizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
1: Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the Standing Streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast putting your week nights over every tuesday and thursday
0: good morning good afternoon good evening and good night my name is thomas
3: and what's your name oh i'm alan, alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh yeah yeah we're brothers that's right yeah, yeah got the that. mother same mother and father your room was we, share the room. Shared, a room. we right. shared the room share the room thought i knew your face yeah we somewhere. go way back mate yeah. yeah we should do a podcast then and uh, we have we do we do a podcast we do a podcast what's it called the Broadcast. yeah that was planned yeah Spell it with a K. Sleep what Take it easy.
4: Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all their episodes can be found at TwoHeelsAndAFace dot The number two HeelsAndAFace dot
0: This is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you, first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan. And for nearly two decades, I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative, tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in between. And most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve, As they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions. Anything goes. No holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor,
1: or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material, Brand. My name is Mike Freeland. As you know, all of our shows are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Feel free to go ahead and download our shows. They're available anywhere fine podcasts are made available. You can also go ahead and get them at mlwradio.com. You can follow us on social media as well. We'll go ahead and give all the plugs later on. But right now, let's go ahead and let's get to talking wrestling. It's Freeland in The Butt on wrestling. Let me go ahead and welcome in my brother from another country, same continent. I'm not going to say foreign country this week. His name is The Butt what's going on buddy
2: Ah, this is it my man loving life at my market this weekend past eight weeks of hard work i guess it's been and it's done i'm on to the next project and that's that
4: this is exciting we're going to get into how your weekend went because there was so much build up and i was so excited about it and from everything that i've heard it was such a wonderful weekend there and i feel like can't wait to get all the news from you so we're definitely going to get into that um so there's a lot of things that have happened in wrestling since we have talked the last time a couple of big things obviously I know the butt definitely wants to talk about William Regal obviously departing from AEW after such a short period of time we're also going to talk about the PWI. They named the Usos the top tag team. Love to know what your thoughts are on that as well. And just a lot of different other things. As far as MJF being the champion, let's talk about that as well. So, so many different wrestling topics. I got some fun questions I'm going to ask the butt as well. So, let's go ahead and let's start off the show immediately with kind of the biggest thing. I mean, let's be honest, that's been happening right now is that William Regal, Sir William Regal, or Steven Regal, if you're a hardcore uh, old school wrestling fan like uh, the butt and I are is no longer with AEW. So before we get into like all the, the details and whatnot, let me first throw it to the butt, but what's your take on William Regal no longer being with AEW?
2: A big deal for AEW in the wrong direction and a big deal for WWE for everything positive. Uh, when I agree. He was with uh, triple H and NXT Uh, there was great things happening he wasn't just a a camera guy Uh, from everything you read he was a backstage guy and did a lot of good stuff great mind been around for a very long time Uh, he could help your younger talent you know it's 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 unfortunate it didn't quite pan out in AEW some of the stuff you're reading is negative not a big shock I don't think to anybody a lot of it you're reading I take it all with a grain of salt come from dirt sheets so you never know how much is legit? How much is horseshit? But uh, it's bad for AEW and great for WWE. Yeah, no
4: matter definitely... the
2: circumstances.
4: It's, it's I, I agree. I agree 100%. It's a difficult thing, obviously, when you you lose somebody who's such a valuable asset in the wrestling business. And you mentioned before, you know, not only as an on-camera personality, but I mean, what he brought to the table from being such a big part of NXT and bringing up their developmental, what he could have done for Dark and Elevation and scouting, you know, new acquisitions for the company and helping develop and, you know, cultivate a really good upbringing and a foundation for AEW as they continue to move forward. Because let's be honest, you're Jericho's, your Moxley's, and there's a lot of stars right there that, let's be realistic here, they're not gonna be around for much longer. Now, hopefully when their in-ring wrestling ends, they will stick around with the company and help out in other areas. But once again, we don't know. A lot of wrestlers want to go back to WWE for what they call one last run. So it would be very interesting to see what happens at that point in time. But you know, you mentioned before that the dirt sheet writers are they're writing all different kinds of things and you don't know what to believe in and what not. But what was the general consensus that you were reading as far as Regal, his experience in AEW, and what really went wrong?
2: Uh, a lot of what I'm reading is as soon as he signed he realized he made a mistake. There was a lot of uh, immaturity and nonsense in the locker room that he wasn't digging. Apparently, it's a bit of a romper room. Not that that's, an, unfortunately, a real big surprise. Not beating up on AEW. I don't want to turn the, this show to the butt is kicking AEW again, even though it's what it seems like I do a lot these days. However, you know, a lot of what you're reading is, he signed with them. I guess there was a bit of promise to it. Uh, he realized the locker room is gone off the rails. Uh, there's a lot of immaturity, a lot of foolishness. Uh, that's not his cup of tea. He's been around too long to deal with that bullshit. That's not his deal. He's the type of guy. He's he's your your, your uh, locker room leader type of guy. He comes in, been there, done that, been around the world, battled his demons, got through them, cleaned himself up. He's done such great things in the ring when he wrestled, he was very underrated, great technical wrestler, never a lot of flash, but a great technical British style wrestling, basically. And he's fantastic. He just said fuck it. This is this is not what I want. This is not professional. It's too much bullshit, it's too much foolishness. I'm going back to Triple H. And I'm sure a lot of a lot of reason he went back is because Triple H is there now. There's not Vinnie McElroy on the show. Nope, not beating up on Vinnie McElroy, but things are changed. A lot has changed since Triple H took over, and it's all positive. You hear very little negative now, right? Proof is in the pudding. Triple H is was a, was a better mind, a better modern-day mind. I shouldn't say a better mind, no, but modern-day mind. And he, he's taken them to two new levels, and he's bringing in the right people to do it.
4: Well, like you said before, I mean, it's a different landscape in WWE now. I mean, how many of us really projected um, that Vince McMahon would be out as the chairman of the company? Like, many people thought, and rightfully so, that Vince would be part of WWE until the day he died. And that and then there was that that whole belief system that is it a shadow government that's just running it while Vince is just you know behind the scenes still doing his thing but we've seen that that's not the case Vince is 100 percent gone he is no longer part of the company um he's moved on to whatever he's doing in his personal life and it,
2: interns he's gone doing interns well put
4: I uh We're a
2: million bucks a pop <sighs>
4: I'd like to say I wish him the best. Um, I I just, I have nothing to say regarding him. For the simple fact, not because I'm bitter, but because I feel like there's been a lot of people who have been undermined by him and his regime and people have been affected. Um, So I'll leave my sentiments to myself to not uh, go down the dark avenue. But
2: to to go down that avenue, I'm sorry, Mike, to to interrupt you, because this is one of the few times I feel it's justified to interrupt you. If it wasn't for Vince McMahon, Mm -hmm. this right now would not be happening. I would agree. Wrestling wouldn't be what it is. Wrestling would probably be gone tits up years ago. So for what Vince did, negative. Yes, there's been negative. He's done a hell of a lot of positive too. And that can't be forgotten. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. He needs that respect. and, And it's just that he deserves it. He did a lot of good. He might not have always done that good in the best way, but he did a lot of good. He grew wrestling. Nobody else was going to get it to where it was. I, I, or I, I doubt it. We never know, obviously. But at the rate it was going, nobody was going to get it where it was. It was pure territorial. Vince came in. He took the world over. So, yeah, he did some not-so-good stuff. Yeah, he might have been a bit of a prick sometimes but let's not overlook the positive that he did for Rustem as a whole. Not only He's an asshole.
4: There, but, there, there's know. definitely a, a side to see as far as from the business perspective, can, as far as growing the industry into the commodity it is. You're, you're 100% right. I guess I just keep coming back to um, the Pat Patterson situations when he was very much aware of that. A lot of people were very aware of what was going on with that. I think that bothered me a lot when that first came out. And then – the, the pressure that was put on the boys um, to big be bigger, you know, to take steroids. And then when you think about it, no, no one held the, the needle. but there was a lot of pressure. I mean, these guys are trying to make money. They're trying to put food on the table, feed their kids, and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like we've had unfortunately, in my opinion, a lot of passings that I think were in some ways maybe avoidable. Um, but that goes into a completely different show that we could definitely do, but yes, from a global mm-hmm. perspective, from a monetary and business perspective, Vince should be credited for that. I feel like the ways that we got to that point are, are questionable. Um, but then again, there's a lot of industries that things are questionable. I'm not trying to skirt over this, um, but it was uh it was a very interesting looking back and and I wonder what Vince's legacy will be when obviously enough time goes by and we look at everything in its totality, you know, who really was Vince and, and what type of person he was and the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm sure a documentary will probably come out about that as well.
2: The greatest wrestling promoter ever.
4: Yeah, yeah, no one can disagree with that. No one can disagree with that. Um let's go ahead and let's get back to to William Regal, so I think originally what you were talking about as far as, you know, having buyer's remorse and whatnot, Thomas Lawson was writing it for Wrestling News that um, EC3 uh, was joined on, I want to say it was either a podcast or he was on a radio station. I don't think it was a podcast, and he basically said the following. When Regal went over to AEW, the word was that he admitted he immediately regretted his decision and that there was very much a maturity issue within management, within the company, and that many believe that he had originally signed a one-year deal, which if it was a one-year deal, it would be obviously coming up to expire soon. Then there was this rumor that he had signed a three-year contract, which really never came to fruition because it didn't make sense. And then there was another rumor that came out that he had an opt-out clause in his contract, which once again... We're never really going to hear the truth on this. Was it a one-year? Was it a three-year? Did Was there a gentleman's agreement that he could leave? Was there an opt-out clause? But I think no matter the way you look at it, even if he had a great time in AEW, he still would have left you guys. Keep that in mind. He was not a long-term AEW guy. Even if everyone listened to him and followed his directions, in my opinion, he would not have been a long-term guy for the simple fact that he loves... WWE. He loves NXT. He had a strong relationship with Triple H. That's where he wanted to be. Remember, it was Vince that cut him, and Triple H did not want that to happen. So I think no matter what, uh, he was definitely going to go. Now, do I believe personally there was some issues with maturity from a management and a talent perspective? Absolutely. But I don't think we we can hide or run away from the fact that We've heard about immaturity issues backstage. Um, Billy Gunn made a comment. I'm going to try to pull that comment up. But let's still also talk about Tony Khan. And do you think Tony Khan, in your opinion, has some serious maturity issues as far as just the way he handles himself in business?
2: Yeah. Anybody that thinks any different is probably not smart. I mean, the proof is in the pudding there. Uh, And I love AEW. Don't get me wrong. But the inmates are running the asylum. All the nonsense going on with the CM Punk uh, fight, fighting with the with the elite. You know, that nonsense, Sammy Guevara being a little peckerhead. You know, airing his grievances online and stuff like that. You know, if there's smoke, there's fire. You hear a lot of stuff about the maturity going on and, and just the, the bullshit basically backstage going on. There's got to be something to it. And who's at the top of the mountain? It's Tony Khan. He's the one that's got to come down and be like, boys and girls, enough. Give up the bullshit. You don't get along. That's fine. You don't got to be best friends. But we're not going to have this on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TV. Give up the bullshit. Be professional. And you know, we can sort this out, hopefully, behind closed doors like adults, not being a bunch of pouty baby lalas, pitching a Jesus Big Fit when they don't get their way or they feel slated. You, you just can't do it. This is another conversation we've had umpteen times, Mike. You can't do that in the real world. You can't no. do that at school tomorrow. I no. can't do that when I go to my office tomorrow. You just can't and they can't do it either. Yeah, whatever. they're they're big stars, they're on TV, blah, blah, blah. Cool. If anything, that sets you at a higher level of pro- should be professionalism. You can't just go on TV, you know, Wednesday night and cut a, a vicious promo, like a shoot promo. You know, if it's a work, you know, that's one thing. That's part of the business. But if you're just being a dick or you can't go on Twitter tonight like I'm not gonna go on Twitter tonight, fucking Mike Freeland, fucking asshole. Those fucking listen. We started to show fucking lakes. His internet's a piece of shit. No, he only. Paid you wouldn't five be bucks wrong in any of those statements, cheap, da, da. No, but it, I'm just not gonna do that because, right? Uh, believe it or not, I'm actually an adult. Like I do have my moments of maturity. They're few and far between, but I do have them. You, you just can't do it. It doesn't get you nowhere. What what do you get out of it? You look like a dickhead. At the end of the day, you look like a big baby. Well, I didn't get my way? so I pictured Jesus' big fit. No. Talk in the back, sort out of that way. That's the right way to do it. Like another uh, example, because, I mean, I can speak from when I was playing hockey and boxing. There was closed-door meetings. No coaches, no nothing. No... Mm, Things got heated more than once, shouting matches, fisticuffs, the whole shooting match. But you sort it out that way. You don't sort it out, you know, in front of everybody else. This is AEW, WWE, New Japan, so on and so forth. They're all a team. At the end of the day, the AEW roster is a team. They gotta sort the shit out. You gotta take care of it as a team. It can't be a bunch of individuals you know, yes, wrestling was an individual sport, but you still got to work together to put one another over, make one another look good, or just not be an asshole. Be a decent locker room person.
4: No, oh, I agree. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this. And by the way, I apologize if I sound a little hoarse. I've been losing my voice. Um, so there was an interview. Megan that must was... be happy about that. <laughs> So there was an interview given by Billy Gunn, and but I don't know if you and I talked about this, but I I just pulled it up here. It says, Billy Gunn gave a recent interview where he, he was asked if he liked coaching in AEW. He said he loved it, but it was really hard sometimes. He said that he had a few guys on the roster that regularly would come to him for advice, but he said that most of them would refuse to listen to anything, and it got very frustrating at some times. Okay, this is Billy Gunn. This is an AEW coach. He is saying this. We can take that to heart. That is rock solid, 100% proof right from the horse's mouth. So that does justify everything else that we have heard. And from what I have heard, and additionally, and I don't have any connection, so don't think I'm getting any insider information because truly I'm not, and I mean that. But what I've read and from the other podcasters that I stay in contact with, I was talking to them and a lot of them say that there is this belief system that these independent wrestlers who are now with AEW, we didn't really know a whole lot about them uh, unless you really watched PWG, unless you watched New Japan, unless you watched Black Label Pro, you know, all these other promotions and you kept your eye on the indie scene. But that these guys looked at themselves as they were made men, meaning they made themselves on the independent. They created their character. They did their whole shtick. Their whole gimmick. They were the ones that got themselves over. And you know what? Now that I'm here at the dance, I got this. Okay, I got this. Now, th- this just points the the finger right at the topic you were saying before is no one gets there on their own. Their opponent has to help them look good so that they can get over with the audience. Someone has to take the fall for you to take the rise. So it's one of these deals where I feel like there's this maturity, this disconnect in the I, my, me category, where in reality, no, 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 you know, no one person does everything inside that ring. And it's a different generation. We've talked about this in all different genres, right? Mm-hmm. The, the workforce nowadays with the, uh, the, whatever generation we're in now, I don't know if it's a millennial or whatever, you know, oh, we, we don't get paid enough money. We work too many hours or, We want this accommodation or we want that accommodation. You know, you and I, I kid you not, my dad would say this to me. You better be sick, dead, or dying. Get out of bed. Go to school. Do you -hmm. got homework tonight? Get your ass and start doing it. You know what? You're old enough now. You better start getting applications to apply for a job. You know what? You got that job? Be grateful for that job. No one owes you anything. But it's a different mentality than what we were we grew up with, right? It's different now. Now everyone is—they um, have a voice, whether it be social media or podcastings or whatever—and they always feel like their views. Everyone needs to be so kind and soft. I'm not saying don't don't be a nice person. Don't get me wrong. But what I'm saying is, for the love of all that is holy, suck it up, get your ass out there, pay your dues, whatever company or job you're doing. And make sure you're doing the right thing.
2: Oh, 100%. That's it.
4: (laughs) Okay, so I'll tell you a good story. Please do.
2: Once I sat in with HR, I wasn't in trouble. We were doing interviews. Somebody had to work in my office. I didn't want to do it. Wanted nothing to do with it. Not my thing. I just didn't want to. They talked me into it, the old general manager. I was about ready to snap 10 minutes into the first interview. When the young fella showed up, he would have been 19, 20, with a baseball cap, T-shirt, pair of cargo shorts, and flip-flops for an interview. He came in, and as soon as I seen that, I I just didn't like that. I, I don't agree with that. If you're going to the interview, shirt and tie, nice pair of slacks, comb your hair, you know, be presentable. So I wasn't impressed right off the get-go. So I put my hand out to shake his hand, but grudgingly. He looked at me. And said, I don't shake hands. This is not the '70s. This would have been, what? I don't know, what? six years ago. And I just looked at him. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm I'm old. But I'm a dinosaur, I guess. Whatever. Things are different. Made my head hurt, but fine. There was a bit of an age gap between me and him. It was close to 20 years. He sat in the office chair, slouches down. I don't know. Did not anybody take his ball cap off? Which I just, I don't get why you wear a ball cap to begin with to an interview. I don't know, but take your ball cap off if you're sitting at a table.
4: I'm going to pause you for a second. Have you ever been told, do not not wear a hat in a building? Yes. Yes.
2: Thank you. You don't. You take it off. Continue. So we're, we're talking, and the old GM, Bill was his name. He's doing more to talking than I am because my blood pressure is high at this point. I'm not <laughs> getting this. I'm going to yell. I'm ready to yell at him. And so the young fellow gets through. And Bill's asking, you know, your normal questions where do you see yourself in two years? Blah, blah, blah. Tell us about yourself. You know, all that crap. And he got to him and said, Well, in six months, just so you know, when he looked right at me, I'm gonna have your job, and I smirked at him. I said, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "Once the company realized how great of an asset I am, I'll have your job." Sorry, fair enough. Then he looks at Bill, the general manager, who had been around longer than me. He said, "In a year, you'll be unemployed too." Now I'm ready to snap, ready to lose my mind. All the way with this knucklehead. And the and says, "And just so you know, it's a waste of my time to get out of bed for less than twenty-five dollars an hour. I'll work Monday to Friday, nine to five. You will make sure you adjust everybody's schedule around me. Fair enough. So Bill's taking this much better than I am. So I just catch this You know what? We appreciate your time, Junior. Uh, you can leave. The interview's over. He said. So when do I start? I said, You fucking don't." You pissed me off. You're a fucking idiot. Get the fuck out. So he left. Bill looks at me. He's laughing to kill himself. And he's half shocked. You realize you can't say that to somebody in an interview. I said, well, it's better than what was going through my mind. I said, I don't get it. I don't understand this level of entitlement. You're a kid that's barely out of high school. You walk in and you're Johnny Big Wheel. And you're going to tell people this and tell people that. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I know that's not wrestling related at all, but it's just that no, the, the generational yes. attitude. And not everybody's like it. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot of uh, entitlement. Uh, oh, everybody's out to get me. and Nothing's ever my fault. I deserve this. You don't deserve a goddamn thing. Nope. Get off your duff. Go to work. I've worked three jobs at once before more than once you know and that's how you get ahead plain and simple if you're gonna if you want to work your minimum 30 hours a week whatever this uh work to life or work to live bullshit that go on with you know six hours a day five days a week or four days a week or something stupid work-life balance i think the it or something that's great you can Balance your life out that you're fucking broke because you want to work part-time. There's your balance, bud. You got time off to be happy? You're broke as fuck, though. Or you can get up and go to work, bust your hump, earn some shit, and then life's pretty good then, too. You know, when you got a you know, a house and you got a vehicle and you got a couple bucks in your bank account, life's a lot better. All right? Yeah, I work a lot. I mean, hell, I work six days a week, five days a week at my at my job, and... One day, maybe even two days, in my wood shop. Pretty happy, though. Life's pretty good. I entitled to nothing. I I don't deserve a goddamn thing. So maybe people need to get over that bullshit. And that's in all industries.
4: You're right. It is. It definitely is. And it's one of those things where it's a dying mentality, though.
2: And look where we are.
4: We are... uh... Well, I mean, absolutely. I mean, look at the way the world is going right now. And it's not only the United States and Canada, but it's in other places as well. We need to reclaim what being respectful is and what that means. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, it it all starts with people who are willing to pass on the knowledge to the next generation. But there's a lot to be said for the next generation has to be willing and, and open their ears and shut their mouths. And I feel like there is according to what Billy said, a lot of that not happening. Now, we talked about this before. I just want to graze over it one more time. Adam Hangman Page, a lot of this is is issues about not taking advice and whatnot. Evidently, from what we're hearing now, I listened to Conan, and let me see if I can pull up a clip here of, of Conan. So this is Conan talking about more information that he knows about the CM Punk situation and what now is officially coming out. Um, I don't want to say it's different than what we've heard before, but I think it's just going to be, it's going to reiterate what we think we've already known. So let me go ahead and let me play this. It's four minutes, but I think it's worth it.
3: So this all started because Paige felt that Cabana got cold fired. Punk punk punk, got (laughs) fired. punk denied it i already told you my conversation with cabana so i believe cabana a lot of tony denied it but a lot of the boys
4: were bitter that, that he did that yeah they believe it. that believe punk it. got cabana really? fired so yes. that's what started everything between them then i guess Paige went to something like chicago
3: or some comic con you know they're all like comic. and he said that he doesn't really listen to a lot of people now punk hasn't been in the business for seven years okay so he doesn't know like page and the young bucks he doesn't know about them you know and so i was told that he came back and he was giving everybody advice yeah but that there were some people that were like i think punk doesn't know that we're stars and we made it on our own and some people weren't listening to him and that rubbed them the wrong way okay so the day that they did that thing on TV, Tony had no clue what he was going to say, and once he started talking, Tony didn't know what to do. He was like, he had a, you know, he was like most of us. What the f- going on? Right. Okay. So he got ambushed. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I didn't know this to today, and maybe Disco knew this. Remember when Jericho went to the thing to the, okay, to the table? Yeah, he was supposed to show up with the young bucks. Okay. He whispered into Tony's ears what just happened. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. see it at the end of Much his. Much like uh, the guy yeah. told George Bush, nine one one was going down yeah,
1: exactly, out. Right,
3: exactly. Much like yeah. George Bush Tony did nothing. Yeah, and they commended uh, Chris, who obviously is a shark in the dressing room and knows his way around. He learned from the best for his professionalism and not adding to the fire.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: From what I understand, the Young Bucks never saw the interview. Somebody told them about it. When they told them about it, they went running to the dressing room with these cops. Cops with cops. Yeah, cops were running after them. I guess they knew it was somebody Probably. told. Them. Was it cops mm-hmm. or the or the AEW security guys? Because number was, one, those Whichever guys one. were those guys were running out of the press Whichever conference. One, I'm yeah. not sure. I think not yeah, yeah. really ask. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, they busted in there. punk thought he was going to get attacked. So he punched one of the Young Bucks. When he punched one of the Young Bucks out, his brother got involved. And his trainer, whatever, the guy. Uh, they, a Steel. A Steel got on his brother. And then Omega cross-faced him. When he cross-faced him, this guy bit him. Mm-hmm. And I guess there was a dog in there. Yeah, punk's a. dog. Punk's dog. And A Steel's steel. wife, supposedly, yeah. All right, well. Yeah. He was in there, and so Omega's trying to pick up the dog. He's seeing his friend getting beat up. They they initially only were going to come in and say, hey, what the f-? But Punk thought they were going to get attacked, so he defended himself. Mm-hmm. You Know what I'm saying? And uh, um, that's the story. And the rumors are he's signing with WWE. Wow. What, the,
5: the Punk is signing with WWE?
3: Yeah. That would be massive. Yeah, that would be... You know, that would that, be, be massive. I guess because of his injury, it's not like he could pop up at the Rumble or something. Yeah, I'm not, bro, he's he's already, he's had like 13 matches and he's been hurt twice. If he has a year left, well, they'll wait a year, I guess. But the one thing, he doesn't have to wrestle. He's one of the best, bro, he's a legend now. Mm -hmm. He just shows up. What he did is legendary. Very few guys have done what he did. That's some really, that's like I did in Mexico, you know. That's, he's a legend. Right.
4: So let's go ahead and let's talk about this here for a second. So hopefully that audio came through clearly enough. Did it? It was good. Yep. Good. So what Conan is hearing is the final version of it. Once again, the Young Bucks did not see the media scrum. They just were told about it. They were upset about the comments. They went ahead to confront CM Punk. They opened up the door. I don't really believe the kick door situation, but the dog did lose teeth, so maybe the door did hit the dog. I don't know. Punk felt like, oh my God, someone's coming in. He's going to start throwing fists. Things got crazy, and um, I don't know. I mean, let me ask you this question. Everyone was in the wrong. I think we all agree with that. Everyone was in the wrong. Yep. Now, how would you – okay, so I'm going to put it in in the realm of Christopher Butt. So you are somewhere. Let's say you're at work, right? And all of a sudden, you are told by people such and such is talking some serious crap about you. And I mean big time, not just, well, he's an asshole or he doesn't work hard. We're talking big stuff. Like what he said there was like really cutting in that media scrum. Would Christopher Butt obviously get pissed off enough to confront them and say, "What the hell's going on? What's your deal?" and kick open the door? If you got that work, am done I
2: con- am I confronting them? Yes. Oh yeah, we're we're talking this sort of. It's going to be a fuck you contest. Correct. No. Okay. am I booting in a door? No. Okay. Am I fisticuffing? Depends. N- not at this job.
4: Because you're at work, right?
2: Exactly, I mean, at jobs I've had in the past when I was working at Burris, oh, right. yeah, full on fisticuff happening. Okay, it's kind of hard to walk into another man's office and punch him out.
4: This is true. I mean, this that's that's
2: very much frowned upon, and I, I like paying my bills, so I'm not going to do it. Now, am I going to curse him out? Are we going to have a shouting match, oh, yeah, that we're definitely going to have at it. I'd be wrong to do it though, realistically. Right. A, a mature person, a level headed person, but cool. This is HR's issue.
4: So, okay. This Just, is
2: the GM's issue to deal with, not mine.
4: So, we're putting you in this situation. You are the young bucks in this scenario. Mm-hmm. You kick the door in. Dude, what are you saying about me? Heard you're saying all this trash about me. X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. We can't draw a dime. We're idiots. We're empty heads. We know nothing about wrestling. Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Okay. You're hot. You're pissed. The person you come into starts swinging on you the minute you come in and start expressing your grievances. They swing on you. You're going to swing on back. Yes.
2: Yes. Now, Now, how how did they approach him, though? Realistically, because nobody's walking into into the locker room and is pissed. Yes. But it's just having a fuck you match. And the guy's going to start chucking knuckles. That's you would doubt it's just that simple.
4: This is true. And this There's is an aspect be we don't know.
2: It, like, you know, then it does give you a bit of thought. Maybe they did boot the door in. So then they booted the door in. That's quite the act of aggression. If you boot my door and you come barreling at me, like I would think 90% of people, you know, you're going to defend yourself. If they just came in, you no, know, I'd probably push the door open aggressively, like you would if you're mad, and they get yelling and cussing and swearing. I don't see that turning into a fisticuff. I, I would doubt it. I mean, even if a guy came in and said he's gonna kick your ass, you're not just gonna resort to a fisticuff. Guys say no. that. You're mad. I want to beat your ass. Yeah, sure you are, bud. Good luck. And
4: well, you're well, not just
2: well, gonna turn into a straight up fist fight because the guy said that.
4: Well, let's go ahead and let's let's talk about this then. So, we, it, it all, and, and like you said before, we don't know exactly how was the door kicked. What all happened, right? All we know is they came in in some fashion, started saying, why did you say what you said? Whatever. He felt like he was being threatened. He starts throwing punches, right? And at the end of the day, let's be honest, as you know, in the corporate world, he who throws first punch ends up getting booted right? Yes. So let's go back. Let's replay. It's really short, specifically what punk said to the bucks about them at the media scrum. And I want you to tell me replace the word, the bucks with Chris, Butt, and tell me what you would have done. Let me go ahead and play the clip. This is a fucking business.
5: Uh, Why I'm, a grown-ass adult man and I decide not to be friends with somebody is nobody else's fucking business but my friends if I fall backwards will catch me Scott Colton I felt never would have my problem was I wanted to bring a guy with me to the top that did not want to see me at the top okay you call it jealousy you call it envy whatever the fuck it is my relationship with Scott Colton ended long before I paid all of his bills. I have every receipt, I have every invoice, I have every email. I have the email where he says, and I quote, I agree to go our separate ways. I will get my own lawyer and you do not have to pay anymore. That's an email that I have. The only reason the public did not see is because when I finally had to countersue him through discovery, we discovered he shared a bank account with his mother. That's a fact. And as soon as we discovered that fact and we subpoenaed old Marsha, he sent the email, oh, can we please drop all this? Now, it's 2022. I haven't been friends with this guy since at least 2014, late 2013. And the fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target and they spread lies and bullshit and and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I ever do in this world to go, to deserve an empty-headed fucking dumb fuck like Hangman Adam Page to go out on national television and fucking go into business for himself? For what? What did I do, Dave? What did I ever do? into a goddamn thing.
4: So, there is the comment. So, I mean, take away the the Colt Cabana portion of it because that's not even relevant. Uh, Well, I mean, I guess it is relevant basically that the allegedly, allegedly the Bucks went to Dave Meltzer and said that Punk was trying to get Colt Cabana fired from AEW. Dave says The conversation never happened. Never. And and he was very vehement about this. Never happened. I never talked to them about Cole Cabana. Nothing. We never talked about it. Do you think that this rant was warranted at a media scrum after you win the world title?
2: No. The
4: no, but it happened.
2: It happened. But it comes back to full circle what we've said umpteen times. The reason Regal left and the reason AEW is unfortunately in the situation right now is because they're a bunch of fucking babies. Plain and simple. Okay, let's just say, for argument's sake here, the Young Bucks went to Dave and they said that. Right. Okay. I'm not saying they did, I'm not saying they didn't. Just kicking this around. Okay, they did that. Would you not be further ahead to handle that between each other? Not in a fist fight, but just take care of it? Or, let's talk really stupid here now. Would the whole organization not be further ahead if Tony Khan took care of it? True. CM Punk is wrong to air this stuff. You no, know, uh, Paige, some of the stuff he said, if it's a legitimate shoot, is wrong. You know, there's working, and then there's going too far and just being a moron. Doesn't help anything, really. You know, at the end of the day, everybody's got to coexist. To a certain extent, like I said, you don't need to be buddies. You don't need to go for beer tonight. You can't hit each other's guts, though. No, you, you got to have that level of professionalism in in every workplace. You know, I mean, you can't tell me everybody that you work with for you, but, hey, let's go for dinner tomorrow.
4: Oh, they're lot sure of not people I would never say that, too.
2: Right. I know at my work, I'm also, no, no, I won't go for a beer with you tonight. But I'll be professional. No, I'm not interested. I'm not right. going to be like, fuck you. I don't want to drink beer. With you. You're a piece of shit. Right. No. But no, I'm just not going to go. You, you just, you can't handle it that way. You, you just can't, no matter how you look at it. Not, and the thing was, what gets forgotten is, is not like the Bucks and Omega are just talent, they're not. They're right. leaders.
4: Yeah, well, they're supposed
2: EVPs or correct whatever the fuck they call it. Correct. That makes it even worse for them to act like that. No, you you're supposed to be a locker room leader. You're supposed to be whatever the hell the EVP stands for, right? And well, they're let acting me, like but, a moron in the back. Why would anybody else act any better?
4: But let me ask you they're, this: but, our leader are acting like that. Let me That's ask her. you like this though. Leader or not, someone disparages you in that way. Are you going to have a moment of, I'm going to go gonzo? Like, you're not telling yourself, I'm going to go gonzo, but you'll go gonzo because whether it's my title or not, is there a portion of you that's like, that son of a bitch, I, I, and you lose it, or let me ask you this, you've been working in corporate America a long time, or do you say, I'm going to go gonzo, but then I would think you would say, okay, hold on a second. If I go gonzo, this is going to get real bad, and it's also going to get real bad for me. But do you think the average person thinks that way? Yes. Do you think the average person says, I'm going to think about how this affects me, or do you think they just go full bore straight ahead?
2: I would like to think most people would, before they snap and flip out, would be like, hey, if I do that, i kiss my job goodbye. Right. I am done. I'm kicking stones. Next thing I'm working at Dunkin' Donuts.
4: Nothing wrong with Duncan Not Donuts. Not just anything wrong with Duncan way.
2: Donuts or Tim Hortons, but <laughs> we don't have them here. We got Tim Hortons up here, but you know what I mean? No, there's nothing wrong with Duncan Donuts. I wish they would sponsor us. But no, there's there's no shame in that. I don't mean that. But, you know, you just, I'm, I'll say it for the fucking 500th time.
4: Yeah,
2: You just, you can't actually get mad. Fine. Get pissed off. Sure, I've been pissed off at work before. right? I've chewed out coworkers. I've been chewed out by coworkers. But there's a difference in me saying, you know, you're an asshole. You pissed me off. I wish you hadn't done that. Versus, you know, aggressively attacking somebody. Sure. You just can't. You cannot do that. I don't care how mad you are. Barring a guy coming and saying, hey, I just railed your wife. Then you you deserve to get your head beat in for that. But if I, you know, I can't think of somebody like, well, you don't know how to do your fucking job. You're useless. Uh, You know what? Go to hell. The proof is in the pudding. There's there's a reason I'm where I am. And you work for me, just so you know that. So I'm pretty sure I got a good idea. Now I'm going to be mad. I'll tell him to go fuck himself. Right. But there's a difference. And even in today's day and age, you can't say that to people at work anymore. They'll get you in a lot
4: of trouble. Yes, very much. But
2: with this one, it's just, everything got out of control. There had to be more lead up to it. It wasn't just a matter of, okay, you know, uh, Punk heard that the Bucks said to Meltzer that he was trying to get Cabana Cabana fired.
4: Fired. And Cabana is loved by everyone, yeah. by the way. Um, who, who who's you never heard person... nothing bad about him. You don't. Who was the person that you said last week you never hear someone say bad about him? Um...
2: That was a week ago, but I can't remember.
4: Okay. Well, okay. Jerry Lynn, for example. No one in the wrestling yeah. industry has anything bad to say no. about Jerry Lynn. So it's like, wait a minute. If everyone is backing up this really nice guy who doesn't say anything bad about anybody, and then all of a sudden you hear these rumblings backstage of this guy CM Punk saying these things. Do you think that that could probably ruffle a lot of feathers in the locker room? Yes, it could. Oh, Absolutely. It could. So I feel like there's been things planted, uh, little seeds, but once again, as an adult, I feel like it falls on everyone. Everyone mishandled this. But once again, when you're the owner of the company, as you said, this, it falls on Tony and it makes Tony look like he cannot control the people in his company. Now, really quickly before we we go into anything else. I want to play for a lot of people who don't or haven't connected all the dots here, right? So for all of you who remember, and I don't mean to make this whole episode about this, but it has a lot to do with the William Regal situation has a lot to do with um, Billy Gunn making the comments. A lot of people don't like to listen. CM punk trying to come in and give advice. No one wanted to listen. He took offense to that. CM punk and WWE, as you remember, was all about workers' rights, right? He was all about, Vince McMahon, you don't treat people right. I'm the man of the voiceless, and I'm all about workers' rights. So when people heard the Hangman Adam Page promo, when he made the reference to workers' rights, he was saying, oh, yeah, you want to talk about how you're all about workers' rights, yet behind the scenes, you're trying to get this dude fired who was here in the company way before you, and we all like this guy. So that's what was the impetus of why Hangman Adam Page said we said so I'm going to play this but then I have another audio clip I want to play for you but this is something that happened way before all those things happened and I believe that it was a shoot as well but no one talks about it you ready? Let's go alright here we go I'm going to do a little audio thing again so hopefully I don't botch this up okay so far so good
2: so far so good
4: Yeah, story of my life story of my life here we go
0: stutter there is nothing there is nothing that you can do to me to take this championship
5: away from me we've got a determined champion i'm not exactly
1: sure why you seem to be taking this so personally you're the champ for a reason you're hangman adam page you're possibly the toughest son of a bitch on this roster and you hold the gold for a reason There's a locker room full of people like me waiting in line to get their shot. This is just business to me. It's my title shot. This is not
0: personal. I said three weeks ago exactly what I was going to do to you. I said I was going to destroy you. I said I was going to annihilate you, to embarrass you. And I did not mean at double or nothing. I meant right now. See, I've been waiting for this moment, not for weeks, but for months. I imagined myself maybe sitting up at the top of that ramp, cross-legged, and I would pull out a lighter, and I would light a pipe bomb, and roll it right down to your feet, and watch it blow up in your face. How cathartic it would feel. How good it would feel. And how full circle for you, huh? Right here in Vegas. But now that we're here... Now that we are here in this moment, I realize I I can't do it. I can't do it. And not because I'm afraid I'd get fired when I go back through the curtain. And not because I'm afraid of you, that's for damn sure. But the more I thought about what I really wanted to say about you, the more I realized it's exactly what you would do. And I don't think fighting your hatred, your pettiness, your cowardice was more of the same. I just, I don't think it's the right thing to do. But I will tell you face-to-face, man-to-man, how I feel about you. I don't hate you, I almost pity you. And I have no respect for you and what you've done since you've gotten here. You want this AEW World Championship, you want it. I don't think you understand what it means to be a champion after all these years, I don't think you get it. Because it's not just about what happens in this ring, it's what happens when that red light turns off. What happens when you go back through the curtain, those small, quiet moments when you think no one's watching. That's what makes a champion. You talk a big game about workers' rights, yeah? Well, you've shown the exact opposite since you've gotten here. I love this place. I care about this place. This is my home. And this Sunday at Double or Nothing, I will not, I will not be defending this championship against you. No, for the first time in my life, I will be
4: defending all elite wrestling from you. So, with that being said, holy cow, that was a uh, pretty damn impressive. So now it all connects the dots. Workers' rights. He was referring to his time in WWE, how he was speaking for the voiceless. However, he was burying some people in the back. Other people didn't like that. Um, Bucks didn't like that. Everyone likes Colt Cabana. So, once again, should Adam Page have gone "quote unquote" into business and gone rogue? That probably wasn't a good idea. However, we do have a situation that happened even before that situation. Now, whether or not this was a shoot or this was a work, I don't know. But what I can tell you is it had a very similar reaction or a very similar response. And I want you to hear this and I want you to be able to tell me what you think about this one tell me if this is more of a work or if this is more of a shoot or if you feel like this is a mixture of both are you ready let's go Okay, let's go ahead and let's talk about this because I feel like this doesn't get the proper uh, attention that it deserves. Um, do you think that was a work? Do you think that was a shoot or do you think it was a mixture?
2: Uh, Jesus, that was, that was a lot of promo.
4: And that was uh, way before uh, Hangman. Wow. That was way before Hangman. That was during the feud with Eddie Kingston and CM uh-huh. Punk. And that did not get the, the attention that this one got.
2: I'm going to say, uh, I don't like to do this, but I'm going to straddle the fence here. We'll go with, that was a work shoot. Okay. I, I think there was a lot of truth to it, but they were trying to use it in a storyline as opposed to Kingston just completely going into business for himself and pulling up page did more or less. I think there was there was some a lot of truth to it. Uh, hindsight being twenty twenty, there was a hell of a lot of truth to it. So I, I just think it was he said it before anybody knew, a, a, any fan knew. Sorry, I'm afraid I'm truly.
4: Sure so they, so they Eddie King was ahead of the curve before all this stuff started hitting yeah. the fan. I which so. which one was more uh, visceral? Which one was more vicious? Was it Page? Oh it no. Existed? It was
2: Eddie Kingston. He is a savage. He is. And I love Eddie Kingston, but he is mean-spirited on the mic. He gives no fucks. If it comes into his head, it comes flying out of his mouth. And I love that about him. But that dude is straight-up mean. He doesn't give a damn.
4: So, So you're basically saying the differences between the two were... One was probably a work shoot, which was used to promote and to propel a storyline. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Adam Page just, he just did what he wanted to do because he was pissed off that a good friend in the locker room, to the best of his knowledge, was trying to get fired by this new guy coming in. And he didn't like that.
2: That's my feeling. that That's what I think it was. Because Eddie Kingston has has history of he'll he'll just say
4: whatever he wants to say. He doesn't see care. that's the problem. You can't he, right with Eddie. You don't really know because he always no. walks that fine line. Adam Page yep. doesn't normally do this.
2: Exactly. So which makes the fact that Page went into it like like he did. It makes me think that it was one hundred percent he went into business for himself because he doesn't toe that line. Correct. Right versus Eddie Kingston, he picks up a microphone. God help the poor guy in the back that's got the mute button. Oh my god, because his blood pressure or hers must go right through the roof the second Eddie gets his hand on a microphone. Oh good lord, what is he gonna say?
1: How do now, he, he needs to be on button, like a, right? a
2: seven second uh delay? Like, at least have Don Cherry here in, in Canada, uh, he was a hockey commentator. He was like a seven-second delay because God only knew what he was going to say. Eddie Kingston <laughs> needs to be on the same paper thing.
4: So now that we've kind of fleshed all of this out for all of you, and we really hope you're enjoying this episode because I'm actually loving this. Let me ask you this, bud. So you have the situation now where – and I'm going back and forth, so I hope you guys don't think I'm jumping, but the overall arching theme of this episode is what has AEW done to not help themselves – So, once again, AEW didn't help themselves with the Punk thing. Punk didn't help himself. Let's look at William Regal. Regal tried to give advice. People allegedly weren't willing to hear the advice. But how does this figure out into storylines now? So, you had the pay-per-view, right? Moxley gets screwed by William Regal with the brass knucks. MJF wins. The next time we see them together, MJF goes ahead, or no, Moxley comes out, doesn't get his revenge on William Regal at all. Just says run away and never come back. Never really gets his revenge. Never gets his just do. Then, a couple weeks later, we find out that MJF comes in. MJF then screws over William Regal again. So my big question is, what is Moxley? Moxley was originally supposed to be the heel in the match with MJF and then MJF wins, he's the babyface. Then Moxley is supposed to be going after William Regal, which obviously makes Moxley the babyface, Regal the heel. But where does this really leave Moxley at this point? Now there's no BCC. Do you know what I mean? Like, so. It's so confusing. Now Claudio Castagnoli is going to be fighting Chris Jericho at Ring of Honor. If Claudio loses, he has to join the Jericho Appreciation Society. What the
2: fuck? So we know what happens there. Claudio's going to join.
4: Exactly. They're not going to take the belt off Jericho. They're trying Mm -hmm. to get a deal worked out for making a new launch for Ring of Honor. And Jericho is a big name. So you're not going to take the belt off Jericho. So now Claudio's going to be in this club. Holy crap. I just feel like real life got involved in it, messed up storylines.
2: Mm-hmm. But don't forget it. So you got Mox is in limbo now. And you got a, uh, what the hell is he now? Daniel Bryan? Bryan yeah. Danielson? What do you Whatever do with the him? hell he is. So he's, both of them are just in limbo now. Yeah. They might be on next week. They might be back next month. We don't know what the hell they're going to do.
4: But, but why it's... was, it doesn't, okay, so let me ask you this. Why was Bryan Danielson, Stopping Moxley from tearing William Regal apart the night after the pay-per-view and saying, we all make mistakes. We all make mistakes. I love this man. Wouldn't you assume that if this guy is the leader of a group and you all worship this guy as his leader and all of a sudden the leader turns on supposedly the main guy of your group, wouldn't that piss you off to want to go after that guy and not have somebody stop you? Like the whole Brian Danielson situation doesn't make sense because now Where does that leave him? Does that make sense? Was he siding with Regal to screw over Moxley? Is it something that's going to set up between Moxley and Danielson? Are they going to say, hey, man, are they going to have a little tiff now because they couldn't see eye to eye? I just don't understand. Normally in wrestling, you go from point A to point B to point C to point D. You can follow it very linearly.
2: this I don't know.
4: I don't understand. I'm confused.
2: At this point now, obviously the the Blackpool Combat Club done. I, I don't know
4: that lasted how you for a whole how part. you
2: continue it, but that's a missed opportunity. Really, that yes. that could have been something fantastic. Correct. So I think at at this point now, it's gonna be Claudio loses to Jericho, so he goes and joins them. Uh, you brought up a, a very good point that, that I had never considered. Uh, you get uh, Mox and, and the American Dragon. You know they get into it now. You know, uh, however you want to word it. You no, know, Mox would pull the C. I told you that that is a piece of trash. That, uh, you should listen to me. You no, know, they get into a bit of a feud, so that way you can salvage both of them, salvage a little bit of storyline, because you can't just end it. It can't just be like, oh, it's done. Correct. It, it's. It's just too much. You got to do something with them. I just don't know what you do. I mean, how do you work MJF into it? Can you work MJF into Because He was a big part of this too.
4: Exactly. Well, where did he's he fall he's in He's your this? champion. Exactly. You just have
2: him by the wayside. Exactly. Hey, he's our champion. Uh, we don't know what we're doing. Uh, we'll figure that out Monday morning at our meetings. I, I don't know it's it's just bad news bears all around like i don't it's just bad
4: and the other thing that i keep not understanding they're still selling cm punk merchandise on the aew website i did not know that go to shop they have multiple so once again God darn it, man. If this is a work, they've got us all talking. But be honest with me. Is there any, give me any percentage, a percentage of this is a work. And holy shit, this was the most elaborate, holy shit fuck ever. And we were all duped.
2: If, if we all got worked. We all need to bow to the greatness of Tony Khan and AEW and eat crow and go spend a shitload of money on their merch and admit that we're schmucks and we don't know shit from tar. and he's possibly the greatest wrestler of mine ever. Now, with that said, that ain't happening, But
4: What 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 percentage do you put it? Are we talking Slim and none and...
1: So none and less than
2: none. Like, it's there's just there's no way it could be it. Is there Look, like really is there any realistic? There's always a possibility, yeah. A possibility. I mean, I, I could be a porn star too. It ain't gonna happen. Hey, you could have I a hammer. In and have dance. A small we don't penis. know. That's I
4: mean, not happening. We don't know. Canadians have big hammers, man.
2: Yeah, but. But it's just, you know, I don't know, Freeland. So I I I say it there's no way. There
4: can't be. I say there's no way, but the only thing I can think of is okay. The only if CM Punk were to show up again on AEW and go after Max and then do his own pipe bomb of AEW. Oh, it's ridiculous. dude, Uh, Dude. Dude,
2: But in today's day and age, stuff like that is, is virtually impossible because you know where you're going to get the how many people need to be involved in this to keep their mouth shut. There's going to be a rumor gets leaked, whether it's on purpose or by accident, just a, a slip of the tongue, you know, or a piece of paper gets left out and somebody's not supposed to see it, sees it. Not today. It's not like, no, you know, when they had the Montreal Screwjob and stuff like that. It, stuff doesn't get hidden. When, when's the last real shocker there's been in wrestling? Now, I'm talking just something crazy.
4: I mean, the only thing I can think of was when Moxley showed up unannounced at um, the original. Was it Full Gear when he showed up? Before yeah. that would have been the NWO like Scott Hall walking through the audience
2: so it's 25 years ago
4: I mean or, possibly
2: I don't know something like that that'd be handy to that. that's okay, a long so, time okay so
4: did you think that the did you think the Montreal screw job was a work or a shoot
2: That's a shoot okay. I, they legit fucked over Brett
4: and you're not saying that cuz you're Canadian are you No
2: no 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 being no impartial no. no I'm being Actually, I'm not being a homer for a change.
4: Uh, No, they fucked over Brad. This is just crazy because, once again, every single time I want to turn the page and say that this is real, I just don't know if Tony's trying to reinvent wrestling. Okay, if he's trying to reinvent wrestling, it's amazing. If it's not, this is the biggest dumpster fire ever, (laughs) and your company very well may not be long for this world. Not that I don't want them to be, but I'm just saying... Just saying, Um,
2: I'll make you a bet, by,
4: Freeland. What's that? I'll bet
2: you five hundred bucks right now that this is one hundred percent AEW is in a mess. And if, would, it, if it works out, to CM Punk comes back and they just work us all, and it's, this is this is live. This is, I'll send you five hundred. No, that's five hundred Canadian, so it's like eighteen dollars American. I was just about but to still. Say. It's eighteen dollars you don't have.
4: This is true. This is okay. Hypothetically speaking, this sounds stupid as hell. What happens if Punk came back? Started a faction with the Bucks. Screw everybody, blah blah blah. I'm just saying, like just saying, okay, that sounds crazy. You
2: got a lot of time on your hands to come up with that, Mike. I do. Good lord. All right. It'd be ridiculous if this happened. If My if he lord. ever if he came back. If wow. he
4: came back, yes the contract's going to get bought out the issue with the cabana thing, all that kind of stuff. But if it wasn't, it was the most well-written crazy piece of, of writing ever. So um, also something else I want to mention just really, really quickly is that uh, we don't really have any whole lot of updates on ring of honor. However, honor club is back. The website is relaunched. It is right here right now. So I believe you can sign up for honor club again which is the WWE Network version of Ring of Honor.
2: So there's something happening.
4: Something's happening. assume this
2: means there's something coming down the pipe.
4: Uh, Correct. And I don't want to say anything, but you know who's on the cover of this? Nope. Want to take a guess? Jericho. CM Punk. Screw off, Freeland. I'm just saying. I'm not just I'm not just saying saying I'm saying that that's what it is. It's on here. It's on the cover. It's on the front page. What?
2: Ring of Honor. What's it called? Honor Club. Ring of Honor.
4: Now, once again, he owns the library, so yes, he would own anything that had CM Punk in it. But just saying, he owns the library of Ring of Honor. He bought the whole company. Yeah, he owns everything.
2: CM Punk.
4: No, Tony Khan.
2: Oh, so why the fuck would you put CM Punk on it?
4: Because he owns CM Punk's library. All right, let's move on from this. Um, oh,
2: I'm trying to find it here Friend. I'm trying to look. Oh, I it. thought you were
4: already on the site.
2: No, I'm not on the site. I'm not technical.
4: Well, that works perfect for this show. None of us are.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. I think I might have found- I'm
4: looking at all the different T-shirts on Shop AEW. Man, the Eddie Kingston. I'm not
2: buying you another t shirt.
4: No, I'm not saying that. The Eddie Kingston shirt's really, really cool looking. He just has like this this eat shit look on his face whenever (laughs) it's so great.
2: Because that's exactly how he feels about everything. He
4: he just hates the world and it's fantastic. Yep. Oh my God.
2: Okay, buddy. What do you want to talk about now?
4: Well, let's go ahead and let's talk about the big thing that happened this past weekend that involved you. You are the most important thing. So let's go ahead and let's talk about this. Take me through the process. Take me through what happened with the big toy show that you were a part of. So the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, so it's McKinnon Brothers Holiday Market. Big brewery in my area. It's one of the biggest um, craft vendor shows in the area. Uh, There's, I think there was 47 vendors there this weekend. uh, About 6,000 people go through it. It's a fairly big do. Um we had a big storm come through Saturday, so Friday morning I get a phone call from one of the event coordinators letting me know that the tent that I was supposed to be set up in is not happening. They're doing away with it. Well, they were, they were expecting 50-mile-an-hour windstorm
1: coming oh, through.
2: So they didn't know if the tent could handle that, along with rain and sleet and hail. It's just bad news. So they sorted it all out. I got an email Friday night. And they need to think about it. The show starts. I have to be set up by 9.30 Saturday morning. About quarter to 10 Friday night, I get an email informing me of where I'm going to be now. What's happening. So they have this, uh, it's called the Old Burn. It's a a wedding venue. It is an actual Old Burn, but it's a wedding venue. Uh, So that's where I was. So went and got set up. The weather was atrocious on Saturday. Uh, but we had a good day, and lots of people came came and went, and then Sunday was a beautiful uh, fall-winter day, it was about zero, nice and sunny, people were in the mood to shop, which was fantastic, and yeah, sold a bunch of toys, uh, made a couple kids happy, uh, made a woman cry, Aww. almost made me cry. And we all know I'm not exactly blessed with the most emotions in the world. <laughs> so no, it, it was good. I thought I had my first shoplifter. So that was that was funny. This little boy, about four years old, came along, Aww. and he reached up and took one of the tractor trailers that I had made and took it off my table and started running it along the floor, playing with it. So we all laughed, and I looked at Linda and I shrugged my shoulders like, well, I guess that one's gone." Well, you can't. I'm not going to be that guy. Hey, give me back my toy. Uh, it was funny. It was cute. Right. His dad came along, and just shook his head and apologized and asked me how much he owed. I said, man, they're 40 bucks. So he paid it, didn't bat an eyelash at it. No problem at all. So his, you know, his young fellow was playing with it. And, uh, yeah, we had a, a little girl come up and she wanted a toy car in the worst kind of way. Uh, so her mom bought it for her. She was five or six. And then so. Got to watch her pushing her toy car around everybody's table and all the stuff they sell. The other vendors with my toy car getting run across all your stuff. I got a truck out of that. And then there was a lady, about our age came up. And she's seeing one of the toy roasters I make. And she's telling me that her father used to make toy roasters just like it. Oh, that's cool, you know. It's it's a bit of an old school hobby, you know. Not too many people make them wooden toys anymore and then she starts tearing up because apparently he just passed away not long ago yeah and she was just talking you know doing the the nostalgia factor and just about killed me and she was looking at us and so i just she had one in her hand i was like no just just hand that over to me we'll bag it up i don't i don't need your 20 bucks no so we bagged it up and gave it to her and she had the waterworks going, and I just put my head down so I didn't have to see it because I didn't want to have the waterworks going. And you know that was that was the the, the feel good moment of it all. When you see little things like that, I mean, let's be honest, I make wooden toys for a hobby for fun, and and to make a couple bucks. But when you see stuff like that, you no, know, it's gotta gotta make you feel good if you got any hurting at all.
4: Dude, that's awesome. Right.
2: But yeah, no, we did that. Uh, made some money, which was always nice. And now I'm on to the next project. I've got to make uh, 110 magic wands by December 21st. I'm looking at the calendar. Whoa. Yep. That's one for every kid in kindergarten.
1: At <laughs> the school
2: Linda the at. Wow. Yep. But so I do what... to say this is my time off.
4: Right. Doing the show. Holy cow. That is, dude, that is tremendous. Like I I knew you were going into this, you know, there was some apprehension of, you know, it's my first big one. I'm in the premier tent. Um, I'm a premier vendor and you were like, how is this going to go? So outside of, of first, I'm going to ask you from a business scale on a Mm -hmm. scale of one to five, five being sold out. Nothing's left only the card table that I don't even know what it was sitting on, but only mm-hmm. the table and the skirt on the tables left. One being we didn't sell anything. How do you feel financially? Four. Wow! And then from an emotional standpoint, the impact you were able to make on some people's lives. Felt so great. Five,
2: eight, dude. dude there, there's know. just something to be said when you see a kid come along and he just stops and looks at your toys and his eyes, get the size of dinner plates, and he just. Grabs a toy and wants to play. It. No, don't get me wrong. Kids will play with them or anything. You give them a pop can to play with it. <laughs> but, when you, but when you see a young boy, he just stops and he just he wants that toy that you made, you no, know, by hand. And he just oh, starts playing with it and in front of all kinds of people. He doesn't give a damn. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm playing with this tractor trailer right now, and that's it. it makes you feel good. That's sure, it, it does. Just does so. No, I'm very happy we did it. You no, know, we did well made some connections. I've actually got some orders since as well. And yeah, things are good.
4: I like it, dude. I'm so happy for you. I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. Okay. Um, I cannot tell you how excited I am to hear how the weekend went. Now, if, um, are you ready to take orders or do you want oh, to let us know?
2: No, let's go. I'll take orders.
4: So, if you would like to get a hold of the butt, um, obviously, what's the best way? Twitter?
2: Oh, you can get me on Twitter, uh, uh, at gotnoof 2291 or on Facebook, cb 79 wooden Toy maker. Send me a message there, direct message, come right to my phone. And yeah, I got lumber in, the, in my shop. I got the tools. I got the patterns. I actually have some toys still in stock. If something you're looking for, send me a message i can do it i will
4: easy peasy guys there is christmas coming up birthdays are coming up holidays are coming up all these different things are coming up once again get a hold of him he can definitely make something that is going to be memorable and something that is going to put a smile on someone's face once again hit him up on facebook hit him up on twitter and also uh what is the email again if people want to email you
2: uh cb79 wooden toy maker at gmail.com
4: Perfect. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But this is a great way to end what I think was a great fun episode talking about everything that's happening in AEW regarding MJF, Jon Moxley, Brian Danielson, and specifically what's happening with William Regal. And we're just going to have to wait and see what's going to happen on Wednesday night. But that's the beauty of wrestling. We just have to wait and see.
1: That's
4: it. With that being said, guys, continue to follow all of our lists of podcasts are available anywhere. Find podcasts are made available. Once again, our daily show, which is called Headlines, I go ahead and I cover all the major news stories each and every day, which are affecting your favorite stars and your favorite promotion. Also, the Front Row Material Brand, which is what we are doing right now. It's a weekly podcast that we cover the different aspects of what's happening in wrestling. We talk storylines. We talk booking. We talk about transactions, people's contracts, the whole nine yards, and also our interview segments, which we are bringing back again. Our executive producer, The Rit, is booking people again, so we'll be bringing more interviews to you as well so you can enjoy it when you're at the gym or you're in your car or you're just walking in your neighborhood looking at christmas lights take us with you you can find us anywhere find podcasts made available but if they'd like to continue this conversation with you where can they reach you on facebook or social media or wherever
2: uh twitter at got 2291 and yeah if you're into looking for some wooden toys or got some ideas get me on facebook cb79 wooden toy maker
4: love it you can find me at mike freeland all together m-i-k-e-f-r-e-l-a-n-d also i'm really excited about this i just started another show um i am working i am now the voice of aaw the podcast is called redefined there is a video version of it and there is an audio version of it as well once again aaw wrestling they're out of chicago it's a great promotion go ahead and follow them on twitter follow them on youtube as well and once again you can follow the podcast that i talk everything independent wrestling when it comes to aaw love to have our audience crossover and listen to that as well so with that being said i hope all of you are doing well i hope life is treating you well for christopher butt i am mike freeland for executive producer the writ i will catch you on the next episode of the front row material brand and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The